conversation had a lot more ooze than I was expecting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Booted Sisters. I'm Sarah and I'll be joined by my sister Rachel and in today's episode we'll also be joined by a couple of guests. So in last week's episode we started a new series that will be alternating every other week Um, and that series is about our brother Josh and brother-in-law Jonathan's wedding and today Outside of that series, we have Josh and Jonathan on as our guests. So the two of them took a trip to Europe in which they visited Rachel and they also did some traveling on their own. So in this episode, we recap their experience traveling in Spain, uh, mostly in Spain, a tiny bit of Italy, which was the part that they did without Rachel. And you'll hear all about that. So please enjoy Joshathan Goes to Spain. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi, guys. How's it going? Good. So we've we've got Josh and Jonathan on the call today. So uh, say hello, guys. Hello there. I'm Josh. Hey, I'm Jonathan. Very excited to be here. Finally. Yes, yes. They've been waiting a while to be on the podcast. And to be super clear, uh, we're going to have separate episodes with them in the future to do our real like sibling guest dig in. But this is actually a travel debrief episode. Um, As Rachel mentioned in the Rome recap, Josh and Jonathan did a big Italy and more than just Italy trip um, when they visited her a few weeks back. And so this episode, we're going to be digging into their travels, their travels with Rachel, their travels without Rachel. Um, so we're really excited to have them here to kind of focus on that stuff. Um, so first off, do you guys want to give a little bit of background on like, I? this will be a really fun way to kind of document the trip that you guys took, but like, I know you guys spent some time documenting and like brought a camera and stuff. So do you want to talk a little bit about your process of documenting your travels while you were on this trip together? Yeah, so um, this trip came about because I just turned 30 and Jonathan had been sneakily planning it behind my back with Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but it was super cool. He even So he even talked to my boss about it at our Christmas party so that it, you know, wasn't like a huge shock to my boss because took over two weeks off. <laughs> yeah. And I do have to say that he was super supportive. He liked the idea from the get-go. And then that was like my green light to go talk to Rach. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so cool that you're able to be that sneaky and like not even just make it be a thing where Josh had to get stressed out about suddenly asking for work off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but he did finally tell me he wanted it to be a secret until Valentine's Day. But in January, I started like talking seriously about a party because I really wanted to have a big party and he the listeners know about the birthday party (laughs) 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 and he was so like evasive and like I found it really frustrating I'm like Jonathan like I've been telling you that I wanted to have a big 30th birthday party why can't we nail down a date and he just like wouldn't give me an answer (laughs) like no I'm not ready and then they were like how come you're not ready and I mean it's not your party or something like that like yeah it was funny I didn't have an excuse so I ended up like okay so let me spoil something for you and then I told him you know what the plan was yeah it was a lot of fun to be in the plotter stage, though, when it was just us, like, texting back and forth all of our plans and everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot sprung on you this month, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I was going to say, it sounds like the dates worked out really perfectly because it ended up lining up well with Rachel's schedule in the end and everything. And then, um, and MK joining you guys. And then Josh was able to have his birthday party on the like night leading into his birthday, his actual birthday. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was perfect. And like, I'm really glad that the timing of the party worked out so that it was right. Like a couple days after we got home. Because I kept telling people, like, I will not come home unless there's, like, something big to look forward to. (laughs) I don't want to leave (laughs) there. 
Yeah. Cool. So, and then you guys, like you did a lot of journaling. I think you were mentioning that you kind of both journaled and you haven't really read each other's entries yet from the trip. Yeah. That's something that, well, that was Josh's idea. Cause I'm usually like journaling like every day or every couple of days or something. So Josh took that as kind of like, we should do that as a couple. Cause I do it like individually, not as a group or anything, but then Josh took that idea and it was great because he has like this beautiful uh, notebook that he was given as a present a couple of years back. That was great. So uh, I did it in Spanish because I wanted to like, I, I still want to share it with my family because mm-hmm. um, it's the first time that I, I was in Europe and stuff. But yeah, and Josh did it, of course, in English. So we haven't read each other writings yet, but we will do eventually. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. And That's we, cool. Like this year, we had started getting back into this other journal thing. Um, shout out to Katie. She gave us like three, three or four years ago for Christmas. She gave us this like married couple journal thing that um, every day it's just like a really quick little prompt. And each person writes a, an entry. And we did it in like 2020 or 2019 or something. And then we just like stopped. But we started doing it again this year. But it's like really short and it's good for like getting a sense of you know the person's likes dislikes things like that but it's not like travel oriented obviously so we're like let's just get like a blank notebook and fill it with travel stuff yeah that's really cool um jonathan we're gonna definitely have you as a real like one-on-one guest non-travel related in the future like i already said um but just to give i guess the listeners a little bit more background on you uh, before we dig into this, because like you guys met while you were living in Colombia and you mentioned like writing in Spanish in the journal. So do you just want to give like the briefest little <laughs> no pressure, but life story, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I was born and raised in Colombia, South America. And um, that's where all my family still is. Uh, my parents, my uh, three siblings, uh, my niece, my nephew, my dog. Um we have visited them a couple of times already, and uh, it's been great. Me and Josh, we met in 2018, just on a Friday, the 13th of April. Ooh. And yeah, <laughs> and it was, yeah, because I decided to participate in a survey that he was doing because he majored in Spanish. So languages kind of connected us. I was um, an English teacher. I taught grammar uh, mainly and uh, a little bit of Spanish as well. So yeah, uh, it was like education and languages. And that's how we came to be in each other's lives. And yeah, five years ahead. And we've been married for three years. We have two beautiful cats. Yeah, they're like... (laughs) (laughs) I really thought you were going to say kids for a second. Just lie. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing it's really crazy five years like say it out loud it's crazy like it feels like just yesterday that we were talking to you on the phone for the first time in atlanta Mm -hmm. oh yeah yes and i'm like i keep remembering that misremembering that as minneapolis because that's yeah. There, oh, no, I shouldn't have said it. Happen. We should have done a misremembery there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which city? No, because no, I think because Joe wasn't there for Atlanta, but um, Joe was on the Minneapolis trip. So, mm-hmm. but if Joe listens to this and we said it was Minneapolis, he'd probably be like, "Yeah, I remember that when we all met Jonathan over the phone for the first time." <laughs> <laughs> together. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> the suggested memories that we can produce in this podcast are a little bit too powerful. <laughs> And then Jonathan, just real quick. So when you say that you like were, it's so sweet that you wanted to write the journal in Spanish, like specifically to share it with your family. And then you guys are talking about your like couples journaling. So I would imagine that probably you would normally do in English, but like just with your experience with language, like if you were to be journaling privately or something like that, or just like anytime you're writing things that like, if it was for yourself, would you normally default to Spanish for that stuff? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I would think. But yeah, Spanish is like, the language of my feelings yeah so that's or even like when I'm driving or something and there is like <laughs> something that's like 
not okay. I'm, <laughs> Your I'm road rage is Spanish. I'll switch to English. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I feel, I think in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely the language of road rage. <laughs> <laughs> that's what... Get into it later, but we've discovered that Jonathan and I both attempt Italian when we're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Spanish for feelings, but Italian for drunk feelings, maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um yeah no I just remember like when you guys were first together when Josh was first talking about you Jonathan he was like yeah and since we met like in a Spanish context we used to we started off by always talking to each other in Spanish and then I realized all of a sudden that his English is way better than my Spanish (laughs) I don't know I don't I think Josh's Spanish is really flawless and at the beginning, like I couldn't pin like an accent. Like I thought that he was from Argentina or from Spain because of the way that he pronounces like his S or things like that. Um, yeah, your Spanish is really beautiful. And I think it's better than, yeah, it's the best Spanish that I've heard from someone whose native language is not Spanish. So that makes wow. sense. <laughs> one, one thing that I just realized from this trip, because part of the trip we were in Spain, People from Latin America always compliment the way I speak Spanish, but Spaniards do not. They don't care. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that that's because of the way, like, do you think it sounds more impressive with whatever accent you're using to people in Latin America? Or do you think it's a cultural thing of like people in Latin America are nicer and like more prone to complimenting? (laughs) I mean, Colombians definitely are. Colombians are always complimenting my Spanish, like without exception. Um, (laughs) Yeah, we're nicer. Just so nice. <laughs> yeah. But also, That's like, true. I have only really been around Spaniards for the most part in Spain. So they probably just, like, expect everyone to speak Spanish. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Well, this is a perfect transition because, like you said, uh, Spain was a big part of your trip. So do you guys want to just start getting into, like, where like where did you go? What were the all the stops? If you want to do, like, kind of a big picture where you went and then dig into the whole trip. Yeah, and so we left Philly on uh, the 18th of March. That was on a Saturday. And then the, our flight was like at 7 or 8 p.m. So when we flew, we had like several dinners at that, like on that flight. Yeah. Was, like that was weird. Several um, dinners. Yeah, it, was <laughs> yeah, it was very confusing. But then we got to Madrid and then uh, from Madrid, we flew into Naples. And that's when uh, we saw Rachel. By the way, Rachel, I love your car and you're <laughs> a driving it. And yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So yeah, that was great. And then the jet lag was really bad for me. So I immediately went to bed and you guys went out to eat pizza. And yeah, that was like our first day kind of. But I don't know if you want to add anything about that uh, first impression. Yeah, so more of just like a general overview of the whole trip. So we flew into Naples and then the next day um, we flew to Barcelona for like four days because Rachel had to work that first week. So we were like, all right, side quest. So we went to Barcelona from March 20th to 24th, I guess, and then flew to Venice for a couple of days. And then from Venice, took a train to Florence and met up with Rachel and MK there. Then we spent first like half of that week in Tuscany, like right outside Lucca, then went down to Rome. Then back to where Rachel lives, just out like around the Naples area and stayed there for a few more days. So total like two and a half weeks. That's so nice. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was definitely, you know, Spain, but mostly Italy, but a good amount of time in Spain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But in Spain, we just stayed in Barcelona other than flying in and out through Madrid, you know, but we didn't leave the airport. Yeah. Um, I'm all about first impressions, and my first impression of Madrid was like, well, people here are like really mean. Like we were uh, walking in the like in the airport, we saw we were just following the prompt to go to um, connecting flights and stuff, and then this lady stops us, and then she's like, "Why are you walking here? Just because you want to? Uh, it's not like a permitted area." Like she and she was like super sarcastic, and then I'm like, "Oh yeah, but that's what it says there." And then she's like, "No, you need to follow the line." But like it was not necessary. 
And we were literally following the sign that said two connecting flights. Mm -hmm. Like there was a board. I know, like it was so dumb. It's like the most confusing airport I've ever been to. Like it, it doesn't follow the convention of every other place in the world where like the direction of the arrow tells you where to go. Like it'll point down to mean forward. So you think that you need to like, it'll be like right the next to the yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. It'll be like right next to an elevator and it'll say it down. But what it means is you continue in the hallway you're in. Mm-hmm. Like I got so lost. <laughs> I was at a point where I was like going to a checkpoint to like show my passport. I'm like, there's no way that this is correct. <laughs> like yeah. I went from EU to EU. Like there's no scenario in which I need to be showing my passport right now and like checking through customs. Uh, I got like so turned around. So mm-hmm. you guys were definitely in the right. And that lady was just being rude. Yeah, yeah, unnecessarily rude. Mm-hmm. Like, why have signs just to gaslight people? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Jonathan, I love your point though about like how you love first impressions. So I definitely like the way this conversation is going. Um, and you mentioned this is your first time being in Europe at all, right? Mm-hmm. And then Josh, this will be your first time being in Italy, but you've been to um, Spain. Have you been to Barcelona? Yeah, before? I have been. Okay to barcelona before um but only i'd only been to europe one time before and it was already more than a decade ago <laughs> that's so crazy i know <laughs> oh my god um and then you guys have obviously done the u.s together and gone down to Colombia together but this is your first trip as a couple that wasn't in one of your native countries right yeah mm-hmm. yeah 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 that, oh, cool yeah it has like a lot of meaning Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was your birthday, but also, I don't know, like it's, there's a lot to celebrate, you know, your birthday, your life, but also like the fact that we were able to see Rachel mm-hmm. and uh, see um, Mary Kay and see my cousin in Barcelona. Yeah, that's like beautiful memories and I'll always be thankful for this experience. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. That's so cool. Okay, wait, quick pause. Um, because we're talking, we talked about Josh's birthday a lot, but we just realized as we were chatting before recording this, that this is going to air on Jonathan's birthday. <laughs> so happy future birthday, Jonathan. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank do you guys you. have, do you have your plans already for your birthday or Josh, are you planning any secrets that you can't tell him? <laughs> um, maybe. <laughs> Link twice. <laughs> yeah. Jonathan, leave the room at the end and we'll do a secret segment with Josh. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going back to Europe for Jonathan's birthday, although... Just shut those rumors down from the start. (laughs) But I won't say that I don't want to. Um, So Mm -hmm. we'll see. Maybe. Maybe next year. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So let's get back into... So the trip. So you guys had your layover in Madrid, and that's the first impressions you were just talking about, Jonathan, with that whole nonsense with that lady being rude, right? Mm -hmm. Anything else to share from, like, your airport experience or, like, your first landing in Europe or anything besides the jet lag and the weird dinners <laughs> yeah no it was very different also because it's it's like really common for the airplanes to just have like stairs so you go to the ground and then there is a bus waiting for you to take you to whatever gate it is it's not like that in America like that was my first time also doing that I guess yours too yeah yeah and like throughout the trip Um, Because obviously to get across the Atlantic, we were flying, but then to get to Barcelona and to get to Venice, we flew Ryanair. And every time, Airbuses. Like, it was really weird to get used to, but every single time that we flew anywhere in Europe, they put us on Airbuses. Yeah, that was something that, like, really struck me when I first got here, the the fact that you're you're walking out on the flight line to board and you board from like, like you're like so used to to being like prime, like, all right, I need to be as far forward in the plane as possible. I need to be right by the front. And it's like, sometimes it's best to be like all the way back because you're boarding from both directions. Yeah, I think Ryanair is the only time I've done that, like boarding from the ground thing. You, you'd think you'd feel like you're the president, you know, but yeah, it doesn't feel that fancy. But yeah, different than that, I found a lot of similarities between Naples and Medellin, my hometown. Like, I don't know, kind of like the mountains and the architecture a little bit. So yeah, we kept talking about it when uh, Rachel picked us up from the airport. Barcelona, I loved Barcelona. Like people are really friendly. I miss, like I have missed here in the States also, 
because there's not like a lot of eye contact and I think it's like a cultural thing but in Europe especially like in in Italy and uh, well yeah the only two places that we like yeah the two countries it's like a lot of acknowledgement of someone else's presence and I think that's beautiful just the fact that you you say uh good morning or uh buenos dias or buongiorno like depending on where or on where you are and people are just gonna smile at you and it's like that moment that that it doesn't even take like two seconds but that acknowledgement makes a huge difference and in barcelona particularly um i mean obviously like most of the time people are speaking spanish but they do also have their own regional language catalan and you will hear it like here and there but if you learn just like a few little things like you know, like how to say hi and things like that and just like throw it in, mix it in. Like people seem to really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely something that's that struck me as well as that like in, in most of the countries I've been in Europe, it's rude to like go into a store and not like they're going to greet you. Um, and it's just like really awkward if you are silent or don't greet them back. Whereas I feel like in the States, um, you certainly get like your Chick-fil-A's and stuff like that where people are like very, very friendly and very acknowledging. But like there's also this idea of like, it's as, um, you know, the worker, as a, the person in customer service, it's like rude to impose on the customer until they ask for help. So you kind of like, you don't want to overwhelm them or like be pushy. So you you let them kind of come in and start their shopping or whatever. And then if they need help, they ask for it. Whereas like that greeting is, is a little more standard outside the States. So I would agree, Jonathan. It's like, it's definitely something that you notice. Yeah. Josh, can we talk about your first pizza experience? Ooh, yeah. Oh, my God. So um, pizza in Naples is amazing. I don't know what anyone else has heard or, you know, said, <laughs> but it, it's so good. I, like, before trying Neapolitan pizza, I really thought that, like, Chicago deep dish was my favorite style. And I still Oh, that's a hot that. take. <laughs> I know this is a hot take. It's I love it. It's like a casserole. It's barely pizza. It's good, whatever it is. And Neapolitan pizza is obviously not this, like, at all. The first place that Rach and I got pizza at, um, Jonathan stayed back to sleep. Um, and we were able to walk, like, it's not too far from where Rachel lives. And it's really, like, hip. Rachel said it's, like, pretty recent. And they definitely had more, like, ingredients and more trendy fusion-y takes, I guess, on pizza compared to, like, what we would see later when we spent more time in Naples. Um, but still, it's, like, usually just, like, one or two toppings, like, not a huge crazy mixture. But the dough is just so good. It's, like, pasta almost you know mm. like it's just like chewy and like it's not baked for very long uh, it has that like char on it like it's just a very good well-developed flavor and texture yeah you're making me drool <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would I, I think our conversation kind of like mirrored this a little bit but it's like in the states you know the crust is what you put up with to get to the cheese right mm -hmm. and I feel like in Napoli it's like it is a bread on its own like it's its own yeah glutinous goodness flavor that then you add other flavors too but it could like you could just eat the dough as like bread and it would still be good on its own it's not just like this thing you have to include in order to like hold all the other ingredients no it's also like a purposeful intentional ingredient on its own yeah yeah and now that you mentioned that rachel that makes me think of that burger that we had and it was like instead of bread it was the dough. Ooh. Yeah, because we, so that first evening that Rachel and I went to this pizza place, we ended up ordering from them again our last evening with Rachel right before we flew back to Philly. Um, and that's when Jonathan got this burger. And we were like so surprised to see it like no buns, but pizza dough. But mm -hmm. like, like Jonathan said, like it just worked perfectly. Yeah, it was so good. That sounds so good. Okay, so did you do anything else in Naples before you guys headed off to Barcelona besides like that day of jet lag and pizza? <laughs> yes, we went out to walk. But first, like we got coffee. Josh had a video call because he got a tattoo in Barcelona. So after that video call, we uh, kind of walked around the neighborhood Again, first impressions, people are super friendly. They are really, really into soccer. So Maradona, this uh, 
legend is very much alive in Naples. Everybody loves him. He is a god. Uh, just to, you know, uh, talk a little bit about that. But then we went to this market that was like by a port and uh, a guy was like selling fish. <laughs> and then he had like fish in a bag, like in a plastic bag. And then there was this guy that like, I told Josh like, oh, this guy's selling fish. And then uh, we were like walking uh, away and then we looked back and the guy was like calling us to show us the fish, but we we're like, no thanks. And he kept like gesturing us to go look at the fish. And it's like, yeah, like that was a funny thing. It was so funny. And I made sure, like, I wanna read a little section of my journal where I mentioned that. <laughs> So like a couple of days after that, I wrote this whole thing about what we were doing in Barcelona. And then P.S. In case Jonathan hasn't mentioned it yet, there is a guy in Rachel's town selling fish out of a plastic bag as he smoked a cigarette. Another man who had been eyeing us gestured to us to come up to him and inspect the fish. And it's been making us laugh for the past two days. <laughs> in case Jonathan hasn't mentioned Also, I love the in Rachel's town. <laughs> yeah. That's so silly. I wonder what it is about you guys that he was like, I, they're definitely going to, I'm not going to give up on these guys. They will buy my fish. <laughs> yeah. And then like, as we were walking away from that little market situation and, and, you know, obviously not inspecting the guys fish, like we're walking closer to the port and we see like five clones of this exact man with the plastic bag of fish, like wandering around doing the same thing. <laughs> we're like, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if you think about it, like just picturing like, this guy selling fish, smoking. It's like almost like a painting, right? Like Oh, something. it does sound yeah, like a right? painting. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you say there's like six of them. Like, you know, it's like almost a Where's Waldo style painting where there's a lot of characters. And then as you kind of look, you're like, wow, so many of these guys just have fish in bags. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rach, do you have anything to add to this since this is your town and you've probably encountered these fish bag men? Uh, well, no, like I, this is a market that I hadn't really been to. Um, so it was my first time seeing the, the fish bag men. Um, cause I was, I'm usually over like a few blocks over is more like the, the center square where there's restaurants and stuff like that. So this was like right on the water in the port and it was, it was really interesting. Um, yeah, it, it, they got a kick out of it for sure. I like, I had turned around for like two seconds to like, look at one stall in the market and then. I like turn around and these guys are like accosting them with a bag. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> um, so this is definitely my first experience with the the fish in plastic bag situation. Yeah, the, the fact that like some other man who had been like following us through the market, like ended up being his partner was just like a twist. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so so was that pretty much the end of your time in Naples then? Anything else? So that was all like in the late morning early afternoon um just kind of like walking around rachel's neighborhood and then she took us to the airport um so we didn't do a whole lot definitely nothing like particularly touristy that day and then we flew into barcelona and then that evening we went to a really good place called paella de su which is like like barcelona isn't necessarily known for paella that's like a valencia thing like farther south on the coast but i do think they like i mean they're Paella is probably better than other parts of Spain because mm -hmm. it's relatively close to Valencia. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about this briefly with Rachel in Madrid, how she didn't have any paella. And we were like, it probably makes sense from where you were compared to like if you had gone farther to the coast. Yeah. Our Uber driver, like uh, the one that took us from the airport in Barcelona to the Airbnb, I saw like this monument and then we took pictures of it while, while we were going to the apartment and... Uh, I asked him what it was, and then he said that it was called Plaza España, and it's it's like this beautiful square, and the like the buildings around it are really amazing. But there is like an arena where they used to have uh, bullfighting, but it's been he told us that it's been banned in Barcelona since 2011, and and now it's a shopping mall. And it has like one of the best views in the city. So we visited that like a couple of days after that. But it was like this very short explanation of that area that I found really interesting because it gave us like a more open idea of, you know, um, what the culture is like. Yeah, because yeah. bullfighting was 
huge in Spain back in the day and now it's like a past thing and I'm glad. Well, at least yeah. in Catalonia, because Catalonia is very much like its own thing in a lot of ways. And um, it's bullfighting has been banned there for like more than a decade now, but I think the rest of Spain, they do still have it. Yeah, Where is something... it that they have the like running of the bulls? That's Pamplona. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Which mm -hmm. is not, it's, a, I think that's in, um, what's it called, Aragon? Like it's like next to Catalonia, um, but a different mm -hmm. state. Gotcha. Yeah, that is an interesting piece that you got to have such quick history. It's also funny to me that it's like turned into a mall because like malls are dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one was like really popular. Yeah. Um, and like speaking of malls and how they are dead. <laughs> um, so when I went to Barcelona in 2011, like one thing that I remember is just doing so much shopping. Um, it's definitely known for like fashion. And there's this really cool, like, upscale mall, like, on the water that I remember going to. And so we went there with Jonathan's cousin because there was, like, a tapas place that she liked basically connected to that mall. So we did that and then took a lap around the mall. And it was so depressing. I was like, of course, like, the mall is dead because, like, that's exactly how they all are in the States, too. So I shouldn't be surprised. But it was, like, a very just, like, visceral kind of disillusion where I was like, wow. The store that I wanted to go to that I remember going to here doesn't even exist anymore and everything in here is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that, that mall in particular was very depressing. Yeah. But the, the other like shopping and like, you know, cool, nice areas still exist. It's like don't bother going to that mall anymore. <laughs> That's funny, though, that you were there in 2011, and that's, Jonathan just said 2011 is the year that they stopped the bullfighting. Do you remember anything about that, like, in the news when you were there in 2011? No, I really don't. Um, but around, like, right after I was in Barcelona, I did go to Pamplona, and it was, like, a week before the running of the bulls, but I didn't, like, see any bulls or anything. I just saw a bunch of people mm -hmm. getting ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. I, I know it comes up periodically um on ballots and stuff but I don't know if they've actually banned it yet in Spain yeah I didn't mean to equate the two I just like when you mentioned bulls I was like oh yeah and then where's the running of the bulls but I, I know that's a different thing <laughs> yeah it turns out they banned bullfighting in Catalonia because I was there um, <laughs> I'm like, Jonathan mentioning the date really brings up an interesting <laughs> question Josh what did you do <laughs> to make bullfighting illegal <laughs> Well, I was campaigning across the entire country, but it only stuck in Catalonia. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we neglect to mention that your 2011 trip to Spain was a, um, it was like a mission trip for the bulls. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> with the bulls out of Spain. <laughs> cool. Okay. So, yeah, what, what else about Barcelona? Just give us the whole deal. Um, like another like little random detail, but it did come up a few more times, like just being in Spain in general. That first Uber driver who was nice enough to like give us a bunch of little factoids about the city and stuff, he called us chicos and just kept saying like, you guys are going to have a great time, chicos. And Jonathan's like, I've never been called chicos. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Spaniards did keep calling us chicos the whole time we were there. What's the, to Spaniards, like, because I hear that as like them just calling you boys, like, oh, have fun boys. Is that yeah, what it? Yeah, but like mm -hmm. other, there are a million other words for boys, um, like Jonathan and other Colombians will tend to say muchachos or like niños or. Yeah. Like when you were called a chico, that that is they're calling you a young guy like you're young mm. that's like your hallmark and I love that um because in other places like we were we would be called señor señores and Ugh, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a nice validation when you're on a trip celebrating your 30th birthday yeah exactly. <laughs> that was exactly like you know the sentiment and yeah. i hadn't even really clocked it but then we got out of the uber and jonathan's like he called us chicos yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's adorable <laughs> um this is an aside sort of a stretch to equate it but when i was in um when i was in athens going to the airport to go to santorini our cab driver was asking us like oh where are you going and we mentioned santorini and it was me and my friend Devin, and he was like oh well like are you two like young single women you should be going to Mykonos you shouldn't be going to Santorini like Santorini is for couples but you guys should you're young and fun and so I was like this is weirdly a compliment I think yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, highlight uh, from Barcelona. My cousin lives there. She's been there for a couple of years now. The last time that we had we like we had seen each other was in 2018. So it's been yeah, it was like five years. 2018, the year that I that I met Josh. It's like I don't know these numbers that are coincidentally the same for a lot of things and then yeah there was a highlight with her and that was Josh uh went to get his tattoo and then we stayed together and we started talking about life and she was like congratulations on your marriage you guys seem really great together and uh yeah we talked and then we were like we agreed that it was really weird but in a good way to be like in another part of the world different than we ever thought having an adult conversation because yeah, yeah we would have like a lot of interactions when we were little when we would play like on the street running around like crazy screaming and all of that and now like we're adults in Barcelona having coffee and that was really great that was yeah that is so cool. Yeah. There's something surreal about seeing somebody that, you know, from one place, like in a foreign country and you meet up there together and you're like that, there's something just so weird about that. Cause I think traveling to foreign countries can just really feel like almost fake or like you're not really conceptualized. Like it just feels the world is so big and it feels so weird to be so far away from what you know. And so then to have something familiar to you from somewhere else, like be there is like really, really surreal. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Jonathan's cousin is super fun. Very good vibes. We spent a couple of days hanging out with her. And right off the bat, like one thing I noticed about her and I told her, I was like, you talk like Jonathan's mom because <laughs> she, she kind of does. I mean, it's definitely just like an accent thing more than like anything else. But even the voice quality like reminds me of her because she like, she was like, I know, which is something that Jonathan's mom like always does. And I, <laughs> I just had to tell her like immediately. <laughs> she also grew up in Medellin. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'd have to imagine there's something about too, Josh, that you're in a Spanish speaking country and then you're finally hearing somebody else with like a Colombian accent versus like Spain. Yeah. But um, she, I mean, she definitely sounds Colombian, has that like Paisa accent is what it's called. Jonathan's accent. Um, but she's starting to incorporate like Spaniard words. Like she, you know how British people never say apartment. They always say flat mm -hmm. in Spain. They don't use any of the other words that could be used for apartment. They always say piso, which means floor. So exactly like how a British person says flat. So she kept talking about how she was renting a piso and Jonathan's like, you're so Spaniard now. So <laughs> 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 yeah, right. yeah 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 and it, it, like we definitely noticed um the language because a lot of things that were like written everything was like in catalan so it's very similar to spanish and it sounds really really cute um but it's different <laughs> it's it's different yeah it's adorable like i have been fascinated with catalan for a long time like for years just on and off I'll do it on Duolingo. So I, I that the word would be obsessed, not yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obsessed. And I'll just like, I mean, I can't like speak it, like have a whole conversation in it, obviously, but I will just randomly say things to Jonathan in Catalan because like if you know Spanish, you can't help but understand it. Because <laughs> it's like Spanish, but you take all the O's off of the end of words mostly and replace oh. D's with T's. So it sounds like Frenchy, but like very Spanish. <laughs> That's interesting. So is it like, is there anything wrong with going around and speaking in Spanish or are they like offended by that or anything? If we were to like live there, I would definitely, I mean, we're not like secretly plotting to live there or anything, but. <laughs> and nobody asked you just volunteer that information. Yeah, so it sounds like maybe you are. But come on. That. <laughs> right. <It's>, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think a comparison you could make is like Quebec versus the rest of Canada. I mean, it's definitely not a one-to-one -one comparison, but it's like they're proud of their language and their history, partly because like it was literally illegal to speak their language for a lot of the 20th century. But you hear Spanish all over the place. And, you know, it, it was rare that I would hear people having like full-on conversations in Catalan. I mean, not rare, but like usually you would hear some phrases mixed in, but like majority 
Spanish. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think like we heard like mostly Spanish, uh, mm -hmm. to be honest, especially like on the Metro, like the Metro is really great. It's very clean. It's, it's amazing. The last night that we spent there, that was on Thursday, the 23rd, I think we were out exploring. Uh, we went to a restaurant and then we had coffee and everything. And then it was past midnight and we got in the Metro station, but it was late like it closes at 12 so we missed the train that was supposed to take us back to the airbnb and i asked this girl um she was on her phone and then she was like oh let me look at the map and so and then she gave us like directions to go take a bus uh because we couldn't like do the transfer that we were supposed to do even if we didn't get on that metro but she was like so kind and she let us like take pictures of her phone because we we, we didn't have data um, for our trip in Europe. And that was really great. She was super nice, very kind. Um, and that's something that like I'll always remember. But also there was this lady the next day, there were some kids talking and they were like, very excited about like riding their bicycles or something. And they're, they're probably like 10 or 12 or something. And then one of them was like so excited talking about like how he was riding his bicycle, like going downstairs. So he kept saying, repeating the word escalón, like escalón, 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 escalón. <laughs> and he said it like multiple times and the kids were like, yes, like they were so excited. And this lady, this old lady got on the Metro and one of the kids stood up immediately and he was like, ma'am, please sit. And then Aww. she was like, yeah, like I found that so adorable. Mm -hmm. And we kept like looking at like being an indirect part of this conversation. And he kept talking and the lady was like talking to them too. And she was like, thank you kids. And when they left, she cried. Yeah, she got oh. all misty eyed. It was so sweet. Oh. That's so sweet. Yeah, we we ended up taking the metro quite a bit in Barcelona, and it's amazing. Like, it's just so extensive and, like Jonathan said, very clean. And we just had, we saw so many just, like, snapshots of life. And yeah. It was great for that. Oh, this is exactly what this podcast needs, because every time Rachel goes somewhere else, like, if she can't speak the language, she can't really be eavesdropping effectively. So this is perfect <laughs> that you guys can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean another metro interaction it was just me um because i did some exploring without jonathan and his cousin and it was so annoying this guy like as soon as the doors close for like three stops he's ranting about like jehovah's witnesses stuff and how homosexuals mm -hmm. are going to hell and like it was just so annoying everyone's like silent and I like, I was standing next to these women that were Muslim and clearly very uncomfortable. Everyone's just like glaring at him. And when he leaves, some guy just like excitedly starts clapping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have a strong message when you have to preach it on closed space where no one can escape. Exactly. Yeah, like, definitely. We are trapped. And I'm like imagining like, okay, where does he go now? Does he go home? Is his mom like, good job? You yelled at strangers again <laughs> on the Metro. I'm so happy that you're 38 and doing this. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Josh, shifting gears. I want to ask about your journey with Hamon and uh, all the sandwiches and stuff. Yes. So um, let it be known to all the podcast listeners. I'm a huge fan of ham, huge advocate of ham in Spain specifically. <laughs> it's just so good. And yeah, like we didn't have a whole lot of time in the layover in Madrid, but I made sure to get some ham like immediately because even the ham they had in the airport, like it was fantastic. You always got to make sure you get the ham that's um, 100% acorn, 100% de bellota is what they call it, or jamón ibérico. And it's just so good. It's like glazed with its own like fatness. Like I don't even know how to describe it, but like the, the ooze that comes out of it is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Only the good ooze. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how relevant this is, but now that you mentioned the word bellota, 
uh, we had this conversation about uh, how the green Powerpuff girl, her name in Spanish is that, Bellota. But what's her name in English? I forgot. Buttercup. Buttercup, like... <laughs> She's acorn. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had ham every single day that we were in Spain. I'm pretty sure. And definitely got some in the airport again going back. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite ham that you had total, like in the whole trip? It's just like the default anywhere that has jamón ibérico, it's just amazing. It just is. You just like see the legs of ham like hanging um, in shops and like they put some of them will put like little cups like, you know, those like water cooler cups that are like a cone. Yeah. It'll be, like that at the bottom of the ham to catch the ooze because it's just so good. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this conversation had a lot more ooze than I was expecting. Yeah, very ooze forward conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, never really saw this um, for me, but here I am defending <laughs> and advocating for it. <laughs> well, the first time you went to Spain, it was focused on you know freeing the bulls, and now here you are just talking about him. Advocating the ooze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, in terms of like touristy things that we did in Barcelona, we did quite a bit. Um, That first evening, so after we got Paella, we decided to just walk over to Sagrada Familia because it was like a 20 or 30 minute walk. And Barcelona just like seemed really safe and nice. Like we walked around at night a lot and we get there and Jonathan's just like, this is it. (laughs) He was so unimpressed. I'm like, are you serious? You don't think this is, like, amazing? <laughs> I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful. But I was, because when you described it, I was like, wow, it's, like, going to be, like, so, like, been it's been, like, built for so long. But no offense there. Like, I thought it was going to be high, way higher. But yeah, but I was like thinking of New York skyscrapers kind of. But no, nothing like that, but really beautiful detail and stuff. It's just like, I don't know. I was like, so this is it. But yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just don't apologize. Like behind us, we go around the corner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is definitely one of those things where hype can really ruin things. Like if something is like really built up as like the coolest, craziest thing. I've never seen it in person. So I'm kind of wondering if I'll also think it's like shorter than I expected now that you say this. Well, part of it, like Jonathan says, um, Barcelona is not a skyscraper city. I feel like a lot of cities in Europe are like that but when you go like we we went to Park Güell also or like there's this big park area that has a lot of other museums we went to that's pretty like elevated when you get like a farther away view of the city from like a vantage point and you can see the whole context of the city like Sagrada Familia definitely looks more impressive because like you know there aren't really tall buildings whatsoever yeah like it really stands out in its context but when you walk up to it and you're used to american cities or even Medellin, jonathan's home city has a lot of skyscrapers like i feel like the americas have skyscrapers and europe just like doesn't really do that mm-hmm. i assume you didn't have tickets to go inside did you go at all during inside sagrada familia at all no um jonathan's cousin like floated the idea but it would have been a whole thing to get tickets and like yeah, that's what I've heard from people who've been before that you definitely yeah. have to plan like really far in advance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were able to do so many other amazing things. Like we went to this Picasso museum that I had always wanted to go to that was amazing. Let's see. We went to this park. Ciudadela. Ciudadela and like did some, like Jonathan Road. <laughs> road. Road. Was rowing. Oh, road. R-O-W. Yeah. It was yeah. like road, road what? No, road. Road a bike. Row, row, road a boat for us. <laughs> yeah. Wait, why didn't yeah. you help? Why was it just Jonathan rowing? Because the guy like assigned one person. He's like, all right, who, who will be the one rowing? And you know, Jonathan's cousin were just quiet. And Jonathan's like, I'll do it. <laughs> but it was really fun. And we kept like crashing with these girls. So they were laughing so much. It was like a really nice interaction too. Like, and we had a great <laughs> conversation while we did that. Like, it was like for about what, 30, 40 minutes or something. Really nice. Yeah, it was like a perfect day. Um, we walk, walked around this 
Barcelona has its own like Arc de Triomphe kind of situation, like in Paris. It's like called the same thing. I don't know why. <laughs> I went to this like archaeology museum that was really cool and a museum all for the artist Juan Miro, who's from Barcelona. Oh, yeah. And people there really love him. <clears throat> How many museums did you guys go to total? Or I guess it sounds like you went to more, Josh. Yeah, I went to a couple by myself um, one day. Um, we also went to the Wax Museum with Jonathan's cousin. Oh. <laughs> Pretty expensive, though, compared to, like, other museums. A lot yeah. of them were just, like, three euro, five euro, but the Wax Museum was, like, 20 each or something. Um, yeah. In the Picasso Museum, Josh, what was, like, the... Were there any particularly famous or any of, like, your favorites that you got to see? Um, it had a lot of his early work, which was really fascinating. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of First Communion, but it's, like, one of his first big paintings he did when he was like 15 um and it's yeah incredibly you know meticulous realist um the kind of stuff that he's not known for but like you know yeah he did when he was 15 was just insane wow yeah i'm looking at it right now it's very very different i would never have guessed this was picasso yeah for a teenager to be doing that Mm -hmm. like boy he had talent yeah Yeah. the colors are really cool though like, yeah. I guess that part does seem like it would be him. And when you see it, like, up close, there's just so much, like, texture and light in the linens. You know, Ooh. just clearly very impressive. Yeah. <clears throat> it had a lot of his um, Blue Period stuff, too, which was fun because the band Peter Riorn and John. I knew you were going to say that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> called Blue Period Picasso, and I used to listen to it all the time as a teenager, and my mom loved it. So I sent her a picture of it that was like here's a blue period picasso on the wall in barcelona (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool (laughs) sarah and i when we were debriefing my madrid trip the topic of like museums came up and like um how it's kind of a trend for for me but belshi's in particular to try to find museums when we go to cities and um so we discussed a little bit of like what I got out of that and what I enjoyed about it. So for you, like what, what do museums mean to you and why is it important when you go somewhere to, to find one that you like? I like going to museums because they often give you a really good snapshot of like what the city wants to highlight. Um, Did you guys talk about this? <laughs> no. That's exactly what Rachel said. <laughs> wow. But it's so true. And like, like I think it's just a great way to survey like what are the values of this place like what do they want people to take away from this place um and Barcelona had so many museums I went to this history museum it was so cool it was like built on the ruins of the Roman colony of Barcino which would eventually become Barcelona um and it was just wild because you're like walking through the ruins you know they put like a kind of metal path over top of it so you're not literally in the ruins but it was just like so well laid out it's such a great way to like learn about the ancient history it was really cool what would you say like that compared to um I think Rachel said this on the podcast before that you guys do tours in Philly and um we were just talking about this again when I was in Philly the other day Josh but the like what is it called the ghost house or the like the structures that they kind of keep like the general structure of or they Mm -hmm. build like a fake outline of it what is that called yeah benjamin franklin's ghost house yeah Mm -hmm. so like i guess i don't know is that like sort of a similar american version of that i guess like if you kind of have the preserves like nearby or at least painting as close a picture as you can yeah no that's that's an interesting comparison um in the case of ben franklin's house like the ghost house is like a conceptual art piece because there's literally nothing left of his house his grandkids demolished it in the early 1800s and there's just nothing there with that history museum i went to like they had so much stuff there like you know it was obviously worn away from hundreds of years um but they were like look this is the area where they would make wine and like store all their weird fish stuff and like it's still here (laughs) yeah that that's that's wild um okay any other exciting museums or like stops in barcelona um we went to a restaurant called can cujeretes which is the oldest operating restaurant in catalonia it was very nice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then we also went to cuatro gatos or something like that it's like the four cats yeah el cuatro gatos (laughs) that's what it's called in in catalan (laughs) (laughs) 
Costs got a magnet there and the, yeah, the service was impeccable. It was yeah. really great. Yeah. Really delicious coffee. Mm-hmm. That place, oh, yeah. Quatro Gats, um, is where Picasso and a lot of other modern artists used to like hang out and meet up. So that's like their claim to fame. And it was really good. Um, I got a vermouth there. Vermouth is like a whole thing in Catalonia. Like just straight vermouth? Vermouth, yeah. I was like... That sounds horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it sounded weird too, because like obviously most people only know vermouth as like an ingredient for martinis and you just Mm -hmm. use a tiny bit. But people in Barcelona just drink cups of it. Um, That's wild. I never knew that. Good. Yeah. Wow. Good. That's cool. So that... That wasn't even the old restaurant. This cafe was at least a hundred years old, and yeah. then the mm-hmm. old, the oldest restaurant was probably what a couple centuries years old. It was. They had the date on the napkins. It was like seventeen eighty or something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, like, it's wild. Yeah, the tumble four cats is like old enough that Picasso and friends were hanging out there. Yeah, That's that is wild. Yeah, and they really keep that aesthetic alive like it has that 1890s feel to it it's very cool I gotta say I'm not sure like when I picture something with an 1890s feel it smells bad and is kind of musty (laughs) like (laughs) can you paint a better picture than that (laughs) so like the good 1890s feel I guess like (laughs) like like French nightlife like can-can dancers like (laughs) really like art nouveau that's the feel Mm -hmm. that's fair cool (laughs) as we finish up the barcelona stuff do you guys want to do maybe either bite site memory or high low buffalo for spain so a high definitely the architecture i think the history was amazing uh yeah seeing my cousin was like the best thing that happened in barcelona personally um low I don't know I I think everything was pretty pretty good yeah maybe Sagrada Familia being short (laughs) oh yeah maybe it was like literally lower yeah yeah it was low I expected but still beautiful and um yeah Buffalo is something unexpected having like uh Taco Bell right like oh Sagrada Familia (laughs) like Taco Bell (laughs) McDonald's um, yeah five guys mm-hmm. that was like okay i would have expected the mcdonald's kfc and five guys potentially but taco bell that seems wild that they would allow that yeah. in spain yeah. i yeah. saw at least two taco bells in madrid um, and that was why the are they doing that <laughs> yikes um did you guys go i'm assuming no <laughs> we walked into a lot of mcdonald's and burger kings just to like see if anything interesting was on the menu but they were like wildly expensive i don't know why like a combo would be like 15 euro yeah you're like why yeah i know (laughs) offensive to everyone (laughs) i would just be curious to see the menus and maybe like try one or two things in different countries like i i know a lot of people will like check out mcdonald's in other countries because they have cool stuff so that's why i'm always bringing it up is like i'd be curious to check it out but not when you could get better like way better food for the same amount of money totally Yeah. yeah Seriously. Yeah, either here sit at Picasso's table or go to McDonald's right. or yeah. there was one um chain that we ended up going to a couple of times. It's called like Vivari or something like that. Do you remember? It starts with a V. Mm-hmm. It's basically like my impression is like the Spanish answer to Starbucks, but the food is so much better. Like yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like I got a ham sandwich from there twice and don't regret it at all like it was just as good as any other ham I got anywhere <laughs> um Josh do you want to do your high low buffalo yeah high low or, or bite tight memory whichever <laughs> I'll do the the high low buffalo high um I think going to the Juan Mito museum it was just so amazing there were a lot of like French students there anytime there was someone annoying me but but that didn't really take away from the experience it was amazing um he did these paintings that i had never seen before that were like literally just like three giant white paintings and each one just had like a diagonal black line across it but it was like slightly different in each one and i was like i never knew he did stuff that was so like minimal 
Um, but it, it was very powerful. Me and some like random Spanish woman were just staring at them for a really long time together. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, low, definitely, definitely walking to Park Well. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Park Well is like, it was designed by Gaudi, the same guy who did Sagrada Familia. And it's just a very, very well-known tourist destination. And for good reason. It's like beautiful and weird. It's almost like a trippy Disneyland kind of feel. But walking there from the metro is awful because the hills are just insane. And there was like no warning, you know, like the rest of Barcelona isn't hilly at all. Oh, wow. So we get there and it's kind of outskirtsy. And we're both just like losing our minds because like getting into the park was complicated. Like you had to go through a certain entrance because like, you know, the ticket machine wasn't working and the hills were just all over the place. So we were exhausted <laughs> and in a bad mood by the time we actually got in. Dang, that sounds um, rough that there's like no warning. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so definitely, like, anyone going there, I wouldn't say, like, skip it, but, like, just be forewarned. It's logistically complicated. Um, buffalo, eating a whole little plate of, or, like, a plate of little octopuses. It's interesting. It was fun. Oh, interesting. <laughs> delicious. They love their octopuses over there. See, okay, I'm pretty sure... It's octopi, right? <laughs> I, I'm slowly I saying this because up. I <laughs> yeah. wait. Really, I think it's one of those where there's like multiple accepted. Yeah, I think, I think that's the situation. <laughs> no, that's fair. The only reason I bring it up is not to be a correcty person. It's just <laughs> for me, I'm always shocked when somebody wouldn't take on the opportunity to use the I plural <laughs> because it's rare and it's fun. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> That's funny though. So they weren't like fried. It was like, how were they cooked? They they were like pan fried. Okay, nice. Yeah, they were just delicious. Like me and Jonathan and his cousin like got tapas at this place, and I was like, all right, I'm getting a whole plate of octopuses. And Jonathan's cousin's like, I'm good. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but it was very good. It was really delicious. Yeah, that was the first like breakfast or meal that we had with my cousin. So yeah. She went to the bathroom, apparently, like she was like, I'll be back. I'm going to the bathroom. And then I went inside to pay and she was paying. So <laughs> oh, yeah. she was being sneaky. It runs yeah. in the family. Sneakiness. I know. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, that is because I said something to her that I'm not going to say on the podcast. But <laughs> it was like she's that that is she stayed with that memory. And it was like really funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, too. He's like, she supposedly is going to the bathroom right now but i know she's gonna pay so <laughs> that's so funny um okay cool i think we can very easily turn this into a two-parter if you guys want to get into italy for the next episode um anything any last words on spain or our last i we, you really weaved in a lot with all that stuff so i think we got plenty of bites insights and memories mm -hmm. um but anything else like that you want to say about your time in Spain before we move on to Italy? Um, just make sure you eat some ham, please, for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 If you ever go, any of you listening. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I would say, what I would always say about any place is just like, stop for a little bit and just observe interactions. They're like the true experience. Um, that's how you truly experience a place just by seeing how uh, the people, the locals interact with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everyone that we interacted with was so like polite. Um, anytime we asked people for anything to like take a picture or, you know, if we had questions about a menu or anything, people were always so friendly, so willing to explain things to us. And the first restaurant we went to that paella place, I wanted to add mushrooms to the type of paella that I was going to get. And I really appreciate this, that the waiter did. He just said straight up, like, I can't do that. They'll hit me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we and Jonathan are talking about it later. It's like the American approach to serving is always like smile so much, like try so hard to make everything happen, even if it's impossible. Like when I was a server, like if someone asked to do something to a dish that I knew would be like 
impossible or like you know the cook wouldn't want to do it i would still be like i will try to figure this out i'm you know just like lie to them basically because it's like Mm -hmm. i can't be the bad guy here but the server just straight up said like nope they will hit me (laughs) (laughs) do you want my blood on your hands (laughs) (laughs) i'm like okay i will not be adding thank you (laughs) that's a real i love that like i really prefer that yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining for your first full episode and everyone stay tuned for part two of their trip. Cause there's lots to come. This wasn't even 50% of it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. It was really great to connect. Thank you. Yeah. We have much more to say. So stay tuned. <laughs>